An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an elegant weapon episode 388. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi Jay, and as always, it is so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies here in the High Walker studio, hanging out, having good times. I hope everybody's taking care of yourselves out there. Uh, quarantine isn't getting to you too much, I hope. Uh, we've had some good news here in Ontario, Canada. It sounds like things might start to open up uh very soon um so we're very very excited sitting in with me as usual lately of course is the padawan my son declan hanging out doing his thing drawing it up tonight's a very very uh exciting night to have uh declan sitting in with us basically because our guest tonight is hailing oh we gotta pause that sorry there's sound that comes through that shouldn't there um just want to be able to read your comments kids so i was bringing up my facebook page and that audio bleeds over but yeah our guest tonight very excitingly is all the way from japan which is very very cool and i believe very very early in the morning if i'm not mistaken ladies and gentlemen uh writer artist creator miss bitsy tandem welcome to the show bitsy <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, we were put in touch together by our mutual friend, Mr. Dirk Manning. Um, yeah. And whenever Mer Dirk comes at me uh, with something interesting, um, I usually jump at it. And you seem like lots of fun. Uh, let me, we're just sharing things up here. Okay. Um, so yeah, here we go. So you are Bitsy. You are in Japan. We have established yes. that so far. Why are you in Japan? <laughs> well, when I was really little, I wanted to move here because that's where the ninjas lived and I was going to be a ninja. And then I got a little older and I decided I would be a samurai instead. Because uh, ninjas aren't really real, they're just common folk. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And then I found anime. So it's like my whole life has been like, I got to get to Japan. I got to get to Japan. And so, so we were so able really... to get on the Japanese English teaching exchange two years ago. So you literally did just go because of your love of anime. It, it, that's, that was the driving force. Oh, no. Are we frozen up here? What's happening? Oh, I hope we haven't frozen that we're all the way in Japan. Let's hope that this comes back for a sec, kids. Oof. It happens, man. Big oofy. It's it's the internet. It's been a big oofy right now. It's the way that it goes Let's sometimes. I think we lost... Uh, Let's see if my crafty dinner is gone. Whole other one. Are we still... Uh, are we back? Is, are we good? Are we back on? Are we good? Sorry, that will happen occasionally. <laughs> Internet cut out on that, that there, kids. Sorry. You know what's cool, though, about uh, Zoom? One thing I find is when the internet does come out, cut out, it keeps everything going. So all you got to do is kind of click back on quick. So we're okay. We're there. Um, you were just, uh, yeah. So it really was the driving basis for you to get over there was your love of anime, right? Yeah, yeah. I love anime. I love the culture. I love the people. We came and uh, visited for our belated, um, what's it called, honeymoon? 
and uh, we just fell in love with it and we we're like this is yes like this is our spot this is our place <laughs> and oh. my husband was able hmm. yeah i was able to go on sorry yeah uh, my husband was able to get on the jet program it's um it's kind of competitive but it's a japanese english teaching exchange so we applied a few years and we got in uh the, this latest time um and we've been here two years it's amazing it's a ballsy move man i mean that's some serious <laughs> culture shock where are you from originally uh who knows okay <laughs> i was that's born all- in montana and grew up in washington and arizona and lived in michigan and Oregon. So you're used so you're used to jumping around to a certain extent. So it it wasn't that much of a crazy adventure, even (laughs) though it was Japan, right? So uh eh, you'd think you'd get used to it. My mom's a bit of a vagabond, so we're always moving, but it was never easy. It's always hard every time. (laughs) Right, right. Are you feeling pretty settled out there after two years? Finally, yes, we uh finally got the house or apartment i should say this is pretty much it got a room (laughs) we've got it settled finally got it like arranged in a way that feels like home got our christmas lights up that family sent us so starting to settle in after a good year and a half two years (laughs) well that's good at least it finally uh starts to feel like home right so but the anime and the love of manga that begins i guess then before japan so how does that come into your life so I kind of stumbled upon it. Like I didn't really know any of this until I was up late one night and I saw an anime on and I was like, what is this? Like, I have to figure out what this is. I really like it. And uh, I began my quest and it took me until uh, we had a game crazy in our town, which was kind of like a GameStop, but way cooler. <laughs> and um, I saw this little game that was about one of the anime I'd saw at night and I was like, what is this? So I took it up to the clerk and I'm like, what is this? I need to know, I need to know. And from there it was like, I just dove in deep, like everything, consumed it all. Do you remember what that first anime was? Oh yeah, definitely. It was Bleach and I am like five books away from having the complete Bleach manga set. I just need those last few books. (laughs) It's hard to find some of them. Um, Have you read any Bleach? I can show you a manga right now. Oh, so you have a bleach here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, his list of books for Christmas and his birthday this year, um, of course, the the volumes that he needed were the exact ones that no stores had, right? They had every other volume except like the five that he was looking for. And uh, it was a really I, difficult search. I kind of just messaged you just some animes I wanted manga of and you said more specific, specific. So I just put random numbers on. Oh, you just, oh, that's, it would have been nice had I known if those were just random numbers because I was going by the numbers. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, he, he grew up a horror kid, which was weird because he was kind of young for it, but he just took right to like 80s horror, like Freddie and Jason and all that stuff. And then I'd say maybe a year or so ago, along came Death Note. Ah, yes. (laughs) He watched Death Note and it changed his entire life. Everything became about Death Note and anime. This kid is now singing songs in Japanese. And I'm just like, oh my God. So it was like that for you too? It just kind of consumed you? 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, there was it was a lot harder to consume uh, anime and manga when I was a kid. So I'd have to go to like the library and check out a book here or there when they had one. But <laughs> yeah, like I'd get off school, I'd go to the library, see if I could find some manga, and then I'd head home. And between that and World of Warcraft, I was pretty pretty full. <laughs> oh, so that's where <laughs> the, ga the gaming booked. aspect started with World of Warcraft. Uh, the gaming aspect was before anime. I've been gaming my whole life. We um we had a Sega Genesis when I was growing up, so I was really big into like Sonic, and we had, there were some street fighting games and some really great stuff. And then eventually, my aunt got a computer, and I would go over to her house as much as I could. She lived up the street, so I'd like walk there every day. I'm like, I gotta play the computer. It's amazing. <laughs> nice. So, are you a PC gamer now, or do you guys do you have a console or? Definitely PC gaming is my preferred, um, but I had to leave my brig at home. I built my own PC a few years ago and um, my grandpa helped. It was pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, I had to leave it in America because it's like half a ton. It's sure, heavy. Yeah, that's an expensive <laughs> ship for sure. That's so cool that your yeah. grandpa, that's something you do with your grandpa. Uh, you know, it's not often yeah. with your grandpa that you can build a computer, you know, it's usually other type things, but he's uh, he's always been an Xbox freak. Um, but then he started flirting with the idea of maybe PC might be fun. Are you still thinking that might be something you want to get more into, or are you good yeah. with your console? Um, maybe like when the Xbox Series X dies out. Yeah, maybe that'll be the <laughs> next step to go to the PC level. Yeah, but like it's pretty tough to get the PCs and the monitors and then all that. And that. All right, well, you got to build it piece by piece, right? Um, mm -hmm. So is it uh, is it all type of gaming, though, it seems? Because it seems you're into role-playing and tabletop and uh, video games and oh, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I have a love for pretty much all games. Anything that gets you out of Earth and somewhere else is pretty much my jam. <laughs> but awesome. Alongside playing uh, Morrowind and Oblivion growing up, we had a neighbor who uh, was teaching us how to play. Um, do you know, shoot, what's it called? Mech Warrior? Do you know Mech Warrior? It was I do like, not. Do you know Mech Warrior? Nope. Nope. It's old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really old. Know. No, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it was kind of like Warhammer before Warhammer was a thing, except less lore and more just robots. <laughs> That's always good. I'm I'm always down for more robots. No, I flirted with it a little bit when I was young, a little bit of D and D, with uh, yeah. with the friends, but I never got uh, too far into that. But I I almost like, in a way, I was almost like LARPing when I was a kid without knowing because we spent a lot of time up north here in Canada, up at our cottage, me and my cousins growing up. So it was always dressing up like Robin Hood or, you know, wizards and stuff and just going oh, and yeah. making our own staffs and sticks and swords and running through the woods and just mm -hmm. role playing live out there. You know, it was always super Definitely. fun. <clears throat> so did, awesome. did the art come before the love of manga or that did that inspire you to start learning to draw and create and write? When, how did that go about? So the art came after, definitely. Like, I always loved art, but it was not something I did. Like, my mom would buy me, like, coloring books and drawing stuff, and I hated it. I was like, I can't stay in the lines, Mom. It's ugly. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> but um, I really loved the art style in Bleach, specifically. Bleach was a big art inspiration for me. I was like, these people are awesome looking. I love, because it's, it's anime, but it's a little more realistic. So it's a little cooler 
And I really loved how it was, it was like really cool, but still very stylized. And um, so that was like, I want to do that. I wonder if I could do that. So I started taking art classes in high school and um, I was awful at it still, but my teacher was really, really nice about helping me. She wasn't like, she wasn't like, you have to do the classic. She was very good about trying to encourage all forms of art, even though she didn't really have a good basis for helping someone with anime and manga styles. Still, she could help you but learn how to pretty, learn how to nice do it, <laughs> right? So, yeah, we had a teacher. I remember a teacher in grade six who just yeah. hated that we all wanted to draw comics. That's all we wanted to draw was comics because it was, mm -hmm. I was, it was grade six. It was in 1989, so Batman was coming out, and that's all we wanted to draw. Anybody like she couldn't get us to focus <laughs> on anything else, and it would just piss her off that we copied everything. Um, but you know, that's kind of how you learn is by using reference, you know. Yeah. So I mean, just... I used to get my game. Uh, ooh, what are they called? We I used to get these game uh, magazines mailed to me. I forget what they're called. But like Wizard magazine stuff, like the Nintendo kind of. magazines, kind of. You mean like those? Yeah, yeah. kind of like the Nintendo magazines. Um, it's still going. I just can't remember the name of it, but I would okay. get. It was like a nice hefty magazine every month and I would take that to school and I would try and draw the characters from there and uh she didn't really have a good basis for anatomy so I didn't get a lot of like hands-on help with it but everyone was very encouraging so that was nice and then of course I sat next to the talented kid who could just draw anything and he'd just show me up every time and like you he was really nice though so <laughs> that's good it drives you right Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something to, one day. Yeah, something to Still push not you as on. good as him. <laughs> hey, you'll get there. Just keep on going. I'm sure. Um, so you're gonna have to explain to me because it seems like you guys have done a lot. Because you you work with your husband, yes. Yes. Um, and yeah. you've kind of created not just like a comic, even though you do have this Kickstarter going on right now. But it seems like you guys together have done a whole bunch of stuff in the past little while. So how about you start at the beginning and explain to me all the work that you guys have produced? OK, so it it all started um, when I so I always wanted to write novels, but I'm dyslexic. So I was having a hard time with that. And my cousin actually said, why not draw them? You know, you love manga so much. Why not draw your stories? And um, so I started doing that. And uh, it was finally like it wasn't very good, but I was able to express myself better. So it's like this is closer to what I was trying to say than the words were expressing. So I started just I just really took to it and I stopped doing everything else. And as I started building that, I created an original story that I'm going to do later. And in that story, they lived on the planet Eoterra and my husband helped me build this world, Eoterra. And we, um, we started like putting just the foundation together of something that we thought would happen later. And then when I started Maiden in Disguise first draft, um, Halfway through, I was like, why not put this on Eoterra too? You know, like, like sure. we've already started building this planet. Let's just move it over. Sure. And uh, that threw everyone for a loop. I was posting my my first drafts online for people to see them. And uh, everyone was very confused. Like, what's going on? <laughs> why is there a different planet? And so we decided to um, create a visitor's guide and we kickstarted that in 2018 
So we put the visitor's guide together, kickstarted it, it did really well. And then last year we were like, okay, we've got a good first draft of Maiden in the Skies going, but nothing's really taking, nothing was really solid. So we decided to redo it and start the final draft. And uh, and that's what we're kickstarting now is the final draft of Maiden in Disguise set up on our planet EOTERRA, which will have a website come out soon. That's EOTERRA.com, which will have all the cool information from the visitor's guide in like fun cons right. to consume manners and stuff. So and, bef uh, before the visitor's yeah. guide, all those stories you were writing, those so the the world just existed in prose form at that time. Like, how did you put that out? Like, mm -hmm. did you put that out like on the web or? Yeah, kind of. Um, I had a you know Topastic. It's kind of like webtoons, but okay, not as good. <laughs> right, right, right. So I was posting there, like just my pages that I was making, and um, they're they're amateur, and they're my you know that was the first comic I ever put out into the world like but I you had. were drawing and writing a comic at that time it wasn't just that you were writing the story you were actually yeah. putting the characters out there and stuff too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I just had um I had like I had this story this comic I was making and this planet for a different story that I was going to do later and then I decided to put the current one on the same planet so everything I do will take place on EOTERRA, most of the things. If it's not on EOTERRA, it's in the EOTERRA multiverse. <laughs> right, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all about having your own so, universe now because you can. Do, it's so infinite. Yes. You can do so much. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. So it goes from basically webcomic to visitor's guide, which I love that kind of stuff. Uh, my shelf over here is full of like essential guide to Star Wars characters and essential this and essential that. So right. that's really cool that you almost, you did that pretty early though, after just doing the web comic before you're going to do the rest and mm -hmm. Maiden in Disguise, you're kind of like, you put this out, do you kind of, is that kind of like a base then? Is that kind of like a Bible that you can build around sort of thing? Yeah, it doesn't quite cover everything, but I really loved the idea of the Silmarillion from Tolkien. So it's got a lot of uh, points on history and stuff, and uh, we actually there got a physical copies from the Kickstarter. It's awesome. Nice and big. It's, yeah, it's thick. It's yeah. only 100 pages. After after we were done, we were like, ooh, we could have fit a lot more in here. Could have could have added some more well, stuff, volume but two, we'll do right? another version. Yeah, yeah we'll do there a you volume go. Two. You we'll gotta get a little volumes. more in depth on stuff. Because then you can like so, you know retroact anything that you need to or make stuff fit, and that's the whole mm -hmm. point of world building. That's super cool. Right. So Maiden in Disguise is your current Kickstarter, which takes place yes. in the Aoterra universe. Mm -hmm. Um uh, aside from the stories you've done before. So tell us a bit about the universe itself. What was the original webcomic about? What are the characters about? What, uh, what kind of place is this? So um, Eoterra is kind of a um, more advanced, more peaceful planet in the sense that like they developed quicker. So it's 1813 AD, meaning after documentation, because they didn't think to write stuff down until they found an alien artifact with writing on it. They don't know it was from aliens. They're just like, that's a good idea. Let's make a language system. <laughs> so that's I love cool. the idea of like 
young planets. Like it's it's budding, it's developing, it's developing quickly. Um, yeah, there's wars and conflict, but not as many and not as intense as it is here on Earth. <laughs> Earth is hard. Right. <laughs> but, that's a great so, way to go though because it's the opposite most stories and world building are you know based on like thousands of years of history or like you're saying the Samarillion, like so mm-hmm. far back but you're you're looking at it from its birth from its genesis that's 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 cool yeah yeah i like that fresh kind of new anything could happen like it's got a whole future ahead of it and i love like sci-fi as well so i like being able to do both like you have your little bit of fantasy you've got your history but you've got your sci-fi that you're going into and there'll be stories in the past and the future of Yoterra. so i've got a lot coming <laughs> but maiden in disguise specifically is uh, happening in 1813 when they're kind of in a similar technological age as we are right now and um the main character is struggling with a lot of things i see in the world right now is because you know being so connected being so online we you know have a hard time figuring out who we are or you know don't know how to connect with other people in the real world so it's covering a lot of those topics that I think are becoming a lot more relevant and it's stuff that I had to deal with a lot growing up too being a really tomboy gamer girl with a shaved head and everyone mistaking me for a boy and not knowing if, you know, who I was and why I wasn't a boy and like what made me different than everyone else. And just a lot of those like internal struggles and mental health and a lot of um, character growth that I want to show through Eliana, the main character, as well as mixing in a lot of video games and the wonder and the just the escape that a game can provide you and how much more comfortable that can be for someone. Because in game, she's very confident. She's very comfortable. She plays a seven foot tall half dragon man and he is very, very strong. She won the last um, championship. Everybody knows who she is. She does live streams, but she has them in character. So no one knows who Ellie is. They only know who Elrond is. And Elrond Agrenar is like awesome. Right. So, yeah. So she's struggling with like, I'm only who I am in game and I'm not who I am in the real world. So it plays on that back and forth and it follows the in game and the out of game uh, as two different storylines because the in game world is supposed to feel like its own place, like its own world, its own universe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's I see. I underestimated and underestimated anime in a way, and manga storytelling because my only real experience with it with it was like because back in the day, I mean, I come from a time before anime was the term. Like it was Japan anime when I was young, and it hadn't even progressed to that point where it had become what it is today. And those were the times that we just had like Akira, and not a lot else, right? So mm-hmm. just rip her open there. Um, and, you know, and that was a lot different storytelling than what it's kind of turned into today, especially with like the manga books and the volumes and the novels. So then it got to a point where it was just something at Comic-Cons that I didn't understand. I was like, I don't know any of these characters. They're all so insane looking. 
They all have the craziest stuff going on. They just congregate all over the place. And it was just like, bah. and I, I was just all like anti manga and stuff. Um, and then this kid gets all obsessed with anime and, you know, of course, I've, I've had to learn a lot over the past year and whatever. And I, I'm starting to understand the obsession with it in that even though the, the comic book and geek and nerd community, whatever you want to call it, is, is there's a lot of introverts and a lot of shy folk who have trouble expressing themselves, even though that is, you know, a large percentage of the ilk of those of that community the manga kids and the anime kids in particular seem to really benefit from it. It seems deeper. It seems like these are the kids who really struggle to express themselves. These are the ones who really have trouble communicating with this world in the way that it exists. And I think that's why I'm starting to understand why it's so fantastical and why you know these characters uh, are much deeper than I ever expected, and the way that the kids identify with some of the most random, you know, characters—they're not just all about you know Naruto, not all just about the hero. It's all these side characters. Each of them are so popular. Am I in the right vein where I'm starting to try? Where I'm starting to understand it that way? Is it like that for you? Yeah, I definitely see a lot of that. And I definitely lived a lot of that, you know, being, I wouldn't say I was outcast per se. I was just like, I just, you know, you see the blonde eyed, blue hair, pretty girls all wearing the same thing, walking together, talking about popular stuff. And you're like, why am I different? What's wrong with me? You know? And um, so that was a lot of where I came from and finding like the anime and manga community. I still, I'm not very social in the community, but just kind of seeing something that I can like read through and love and enjoy and seeing other people enjoy the same stuff is kind of freeing. It's like, you know, I'm not alone anymore. There's a whole bunch of people who love this stuff that normal people might consider weird. But on the other hand, what is normal, you know? we're all weird. We've all got our own weirdness. And I shared this one with a bunch of people, you know, this right. love for anime and manga. Right, right. So go a little bit into the story of Maiden in Disguise. What's it all about? So it follows um, the question, who am I kind of? And um, along with the like ups and downs of finding herself, like a coming of age story, there's a lot of shenanigans and because I love how I love how an anime can you know follow tough topics but also have a lot of comedy written into Very it light, so yeah. yeah so it keeps you the reader from going and hitting lows of like depression it kind of keeps that like balance of you know deep story but also you know comedy and relaxing and fun to read and uh that's a main goal of Maiden in Disguise. So as we follow her, you know, coming of age, who am I? Figuring out, like, if I'm not Elrond Agrenar, who am I in the real world of Viotera? Uh, we've also got, like, she's hilarious. She's, like, a total dweeb and doesn't know how to interact with people. And it's funny. Like, you know, she'll... She, she's just a great character to draw to sometimes because she'll make like the ugliest faces. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, you know, 
all of these new friends who like you're like you're Eleanor Dagrenar we want to be friends with you and she's like no but as they slowly build those friendships and uh, she begins to like really accept these people like there's there's a lot of like just oh I don't know how to say it with words <laughs> like evolution, evolution like yeah. there's just a lot of growth there and coming to terms <laughs> with who she is and that's that's the kind of vibe I'm getting you know think like avatar the last airbender you've got zuko right and oh we got cut again cut on the best part talking about avatar. it's all right we'll fix this instantly we'll fix mm -hmm. this in oh there you go see i fixed it right away we're good <laughs> Nice. internet connection is unstable um he just said uh right at the best part as that cut off because you were about to talk about zuko um oh <laughs> yes Thanks. zuko is the best and it's fun but well like I, we were trying to find something to watch together and you know i i, I there's a lot of the anime that i just can't get into um and yeah. and the whole world though had been talking about last airbender it wasn't just like anime fans people were just like had this obsession with it. And I was like, okay, I got to find out what's going on. Cause I saw the movie and I thought it was like a cool idea or whatever, but I knew the fans weren't a fan of it and I had to find out what was up. So I started watching it with him and within like four or five episodes, I was like, I think I get it. Cause this is super, super awesome and cool. It's really good. So yeah, we watched that together, uh, you know, a couple months ago. So I am up to it. So Zuko, I see what you're saying there. Zuko went through this crazy transformation from your main villain to basically one of your heroes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so mm -hmm. it's cool to have kind of and seen that coming. Avatar is technically an anime. Oh, this, see? that's true. Avatar is technically a cartoon. <laughs> so you're uh, so it literally has to be made in Japan to qualify as an anime. Uh, to anime fans, yes. To people in Japan, no. <laughs> in oh, really? Japan, anime, yeah, anime is just animation. So anything that's animated is an anime to people in Japan. But anime fans, especially in America, have a distinction because of the art style and who created it. But yeah, here, like in America, someone would call my comic a comic because I'm not Japanese. But here in Japan, they call it a manga because comics are manga and it's all the same thing to them because it's so just there's storytelling. No, so there's no differentiating between anything there even if the art styles are that drastically different it's all just the same it's all just considered art even if it's obviously that manga style that we would consider anime by the general population yes by the hardcore fans, I'm sure there are distinctions, but I haven't met a lot of hardcore fans. I do live out um, in like the suburb, not the suburbs, like way out. I live out in the sticks. I live okay. in the middle of nowhere. Okay. But um, from from the normal people, like the everyday people, there isn't a distinction. Uh, I haven't met hardcore fans yet. I'm sure they would distinguish just because that's how people tend to do stuff is like when you're really into something. It's like, this is manga, this is manhwa from China, this is like the Korean manga. There are there are ways you can differentiate, but the general population is pretty all-inclusive. And it's kind of cool just being accepted. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you draw manga, you're a mangaka, perfect. We love it. 
can is it in japanese and i'm like soon <laughs> so if they were to pick up a daredevil comic off the shelf it would be considered just a manga too um most people would just be like oh it's manga it's american maybe like they like american words so they might say like american comic book but oh, okay to them it's like all it's still it's still the same type of like medium it's just right. like if if they know english and if they enjoy speaking english they might call it a comic book but from that's cool yeah, like man. i said the majority of people are just kind of like except there's such a distinction here right down the line not just with the books yeah. but like the cosplayers you know what i mean mm -hmm. like there's not even a lot of mix like like the anime cosplayers are mm -hmm. a subset unto themselves right uh, compared to all like the superhero like cosplayers there's not a lot of crossover that goes on there so right. you know there's such a distinction here it's really cool to hear that over there it's just one big party you know so i think it's because the um culture is pretty homogenous like they're so used to a homogenous culture it's just like they don't you know put a lot of things in different boxes it's just like this is it this is that this is that you know and that's just how it is Right. So, but yeah, I definitely find it very cool. I really like it. Yeah. So why are the books backwards? Uh, that's that just the that or are all <laughs> yeah. there like that. Like there's got to be. Do you have any? So idea? it's just because that's how they. Yeah, it's it's the writing style. It's it's exactly so. Their original way of writing goes down and, which way is it? That way. The backwards way <laughs> yeah, it goes right. down and backwards. So, so you're reading it this way, this way, this way. So it's not just it's not just manga. Right. Then, if you were to pick up just like a Japanese novel, you'd be reading it backwards as well. Yes. Okay, yes. I see. For I don't know why, but I thought it was just manga books for some reason. I thought there was some specific reason that just manga comics were were done in that way. You know. So, but that's <laughs> well, cool, man. I mean, it's 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 a uh, it's a really it's a feather in anime's cap and manga's cap and the whole thing's cap uh, just to see what it's done for you. Like not, it didn't just inspire you to pick up and move to a whole other culture and experience this whole other world, but to be creative and to learn and to have a passion and a drive, you know, that's uh, you know, that's a fantastic thing. It's an inspirational story. So the Kickstarter, tell me about the Kickstarter itself. What kind of uh, rewards you got going on? What kind of tiers are happening? What's the deal? Definitely. So the whole point is to get it published in Japanese. So we got to, you know, translate it. There's a company in Tokyo I've been talking to and they're going to translate the whole book and we'll publish it. So it'll I have to do two publication costs, one for English, one for Japanese, plus the translation cost. So that's what the goal is for. And then uh, you can get your own, you know, cool collector's items along the way. We've got, uh, I really like making merchandise. So like, like physical things, like I know a lot of people are into like tons and tons of posters or like different um, covers for books, mm -hmm. but I really just like making like I made a blanket and it's got like this cool glitch aesthetic so it can get the, it's like the softest fuzziest awesome blanket and it's got this cool like red and blue and black and glitch stuff going on and then i made a hoodie that's kind of got the same black and red and glitch thing happening and uh 
you can get those with some of the premium tiers or you can just add it on. So they are available like you can get just the book and then add on the hoodie if you want, or you can get like everything for the cozy gamer set and be super snuggly <laughs> when you're right playing on. your games. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, you and always then, get you always wrap yourself up in a blanket when you're playing video games, eh? Well, I used just to. You used to? What do you mean? You were two <laughs> days ago I went in there and you were all wrapped up cozy. Well, Playing cold. Call of Duty or some kind of nonsense mm-hmm. like that. But your um, hands get cold. Right? <laughs> you got to keep them in the blanket. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, the Kickstarter is doing pretty well, I believe, aren't you? Is it about half funded at this point or where yet? It is half funded. Yep. So 50%. We've been stuck at that for the past couple of days. So it's been like, I'm Those... sitting here like, come on, 50%. <laughs> right. Those lulls will come. It's hard with the Kickstarters. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, yeah. I've... At this point over the years, I have interviewed so many people doing Kickstarters. It's always awesome to see the nerves that it, it frays during the process. You know, it's such a roller coaster yes. of emotion. It's so exciting when you launch it and then you make a bunch and then it, there's these plateaus and then you're like, oh, my God. And then the plateaus pass and then you feel great. <laughs> it's a uh, it's an adventurous ride. You did well, you did it one before, awesome. though, right? You did one before for yes. the visitors book, right? Yes. I am so glad I did that before because, shoot, I needed that experience. We barely broke even. Like, I barely was able to send out everyone's rewards without dipping into our own cash. And um, I didn't charge anyone shipping that time. And, yeah, well, (laughs) they weren't – I was doing all digital because we – I didn't think we'd be able to get to physical copies, but we went 200%. So I was able to do the physical copies. And so, yeah, I was just like – everybody gets one yay it's all exciting when everybody starts hitting their reward tiers and stuff but then you realize oh my god i've got to fulfill these now i've got to make keychains or mugs or do a bunch of extra stories or pictures or i feel bad for the people who do that when they offer more like pros or something on the side and it's like oh i see some people who are like we'll hit this stretch goal and everybody gets two and i'm like Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. So I know your husband helped you along with the world building and such, but is is that the extent of his involvement or does he work on the work at all with you? Or is it's this is straight up you? You're writing it. You're drawing it. You're doing the whole damn thing. So he is my editor. Like I said before, words are not my strong point. Um, I have like these little... I don't know. I'm dyslexic. So it's just like, it's upside down. It's backwards. It's confusing. So I'll just like onto a page and like make it a bunch of nonsense and then he'll go and clean it up and make it something other people could understand. So I do more of like my script writing style is more like screenplay. And then he'll kind of help with my dialogue and my setting and help me like uh, make the panels like make sense for what I wrote. Because I don't think in panels, I can't be like panel one. Is it yeah, panel that's two? Hard, is that? yeah. I don't know. It's hard to be it's that just descriptive. It's like a different range. Yeah, for each box yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's a hard process. I've been right. trying a little bit myself, and it's like to keep things straight. It's it's a lot. And but it's great that you have him, and you guys obviously have a pretty good working relationship because an editor is. Yes the most invaluable part of the process a lot of people don't realize and this is a very good example for anybody out there who might hear this and realize even as a solo artist if you're the artist and writer you still need an editor they're not just there to keep the team together but they're there to keep you straight right 
I'm sure he's. Yes, been there in, have in, been many times where I've, I've, I have messed up my own continuity, and he's like, "Why didn't you read it in the visitor's guide? You need to read your own visitor's guide." And I'm like, "I thought I knew this stuff." Right. Well, they, <laughs> no, like, that's a cool <laughs> thing, though. At least you do have it to go back to, right? I mean, when you start right? building these giant worlds to have to be able to go back and reference stuff, I mean, you can only fit so much in your brain, right? That's awesome. When you've created something big enough that you have to write books about the thing you created even then check them yourself because you don't remember that's that's super fun that's super awesome um yeah and he's really great to bounce ideas off of like we've been trying to figure out how much an eotaran credit should be worth so we've been discussing that and like we'll go on nature hikes and i'll be like how about a half credit gets you a five pack of gum (laughs) you know just like discussing like the economics of a world that doesn't exist i'm sure one thing leads to another like you're like oh my god we we need a currency which leads to oh my god we need like a banking system or oh my god we Mm -hmm. need a language or oh my god we need a dialect for this like yeah i'm sure it just snowballs right when you're trying to build existence if I could hire a linguistic expert to make an Eotaran common language, I would do so so fast. Right. right. Oh. <laughs> I'm That'd sure there's amazing. some linguistic student out there or something who'd love that challenge. I bet you these days, linguistic students, because they've grown up with things like Klingon or whatever, probably all of them have their own secret language, just they've written in a file somewhere. They're ready to bust out for like a story or a movie or something cool like that you know yeah. what I mean? okay we have to take it a little bit off topic before we wrap up here um my day profession is that of an arborist so i'm a tree expert by day podcasting nerd by night hiker on the weekends um and i gotta ask because you just mentioned it as well uh coming from North America and heading out there, how is it? Is it as magical as we see? Are the trees just amazing? What time of year? You're kind of in spring right now? or? Uh, Technically, yes. We celebrated the coming of spring holiday where you throw beans at the Oni a couple weeks ago. Um, But it is, the flowers haven't started really blooming yet. You'll see like one or two trees are starting to bloom. But um. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. Like, I thought I would step into like a Studio Ghibli film and everything would be like glittery and lush and green. And I get here and I'm like, it kind of just looks like everywhere else I've been. (laughs) I mean, some of the trees are different. Some of them are pretty neat. But most of it is just your typical like, you know, you've got you've got your sagebrush and your and your pine trees and your and lake flowers everywhere. or whatever right right <laughs> yeah and i'm like it's kind of just normal <laughs> like it's so much more normal than i thought it would be <laughs> that's um, cool to hear yeah. but it's 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 nice like it's a i'm sure it's a wonderful place to hike and mm-hmm. oh yeah there's yeah. it's still beautiful it's well, hard to find good trails but the trees mm-hmm. the cherry blossoms that's got to be, yes. that's got to be special. That is cool. That is really cool. Our town doesn't have very good cherry blossom. Our town has nothing. <laughs> we have, okay. we have a street. We have one single street and that's okay. it. Yeah. But, so are, are you, when you say you're in the sticks, are you in like a forested area or? Uh, so we're way down South at the tiniest little tip of Kyushu. So um, it's more tropical 
Stupid internet. Are we back on? Yes, we're good. Uh, so more more <laughs> tropical, you were saying? Yes, more tropical. So it's like okay. this weird mix of like mountainous terrain and tropical terrain because okay. it's very up and down. It's like Japan has no chill. It's like either flat or straight up and straight down. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I'd love to see it someday. It'd be such a, you know, I, I've kind of learned that you go to certain places and as different as they are, there's still a certain element that, oh, yeah, I guess I am still mm -hmm. on Earth right like you have these right, right. of walking onto another planet but it's like no there's still grass and lakes and rivers and sidewalks and street signs and all that kind of crap oh look there's a building it's got four walls so you know very 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 cool um awesome it's been awesome to get to know you bitsy uh i i really love your style i really love your 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 thing you got going on uh it's inspiring to me to just uh you know, pick up and go on an adventure like you have, uh, expressing art the way that you have, expressing your emotions and finding those outlets. That's just the best. It just tickles me. And I love to see when people thrive, when they, when they find those tools, uh, you know, to live happy and stuff. We have a little uh, something, something. So as you know, the Padawan has been sitting here uh, drawing away. Um, there wasn't info for me to know this specific character that he was drawing tonight, uh, he did have a little reference. So perhaps you can. Uh, <laughs> that's Eric. That that's say again. Eric. Eric. His name's Eric. All right. Tell us. Tell us about Eric. So Eric is a very kind of almost hyperactive, very excitable kind of guy, and he's really just really nice. He likes people. He's really really happy, really outgoing. And he's a huge gamer and a huge fan of Elrond Agrenar. So he meets he meets the main character on her first day of school. And he's like, I am your biggest fan. Okay. And um, her slowly opening up to him and getting to know him is kind of part of like her growth as like a person. And he's just, he has his own arc as well. I, I like to make all the side characters have their own important story points. So he'll have a couple chapters devoted to just him and uh, his own personal growth as well, because he wants to be a game developer when he grows up. Oh, right on. That's super cool. Um, yeah, he just kind of stuck out there when we were uh, admiring all the art on the Kickstarter there. And I was like, you think you can draw that one? He's like, yeah, I think that's in my wheelhouse. So uh, very cool. We'll be sharing that all out there. We'll be sharing the Kickstarter. We'll be sharing this video so everybody can get to know Bitsy. I know you've been making the rounds a little bit. I know you've been popping up on a few shows here or there because um, we're at that plateau. As you heard, kids, if you're into anything that you have heard about tonight, anime, gaming, uh, you know, any of it, uh, please check out uh the kickstarter it's uh miss sorry say it right again so i don't mess it up <laughs> maiden in disguise manga volume one is the kickstarter title maiden in disguise manga volume one everybody check it out it looks super cool uh you're a very talented individual uh you're all sparkly and <laughs> fun and i absolutely love it uh you'll have to come back in the future when you got more stuff going on or when your kickstarter is successful as i'm sure it will inevitably be 
And, uh, you know, uh, you're always welcome back to talk some manga, talk some anime, talk some Japan, talk some samurai. I know this kid's all about it and uh, I'm learning what I can. Um, but yeah, Bitsy, it's been an absolute. Say again. I'm sorry. I was just saying you guys should try kendo together. Kendo is a, the Japanese way of the sword. Right. It's yeah. It's a great martial arts. I so would, fun. if I could find that around here, we'll look around. There's actually, um, I know it's not the right country, but uh, right down the street, because we just recently moved into this new spot like two months ago. And uh, there's a spot right down the street that does Wing Chun. And, and I've always wanted to learn Kung Fu. And you know how here there's like martial arts everywhere, but like 90% of them are Taekwondo, a couple karate. But there, this is like the only Kung Fu studio that I think I've ever seen in this city. Awesome. Yeah. So I think that's something that, uh, you know, once once things start to open up and we can actually go to those things. How is it right now? What's uh, where are you guys at in Japan uh, with the with the covid? So it's been up and down um, the uh, unfortunately, the cancellation of the um Olympics did not cancel the big companies who already had travel plan things going. So there's been a lot of come visit Japan, tourist stuff. So that brought in an influx and we had to shut down a couple times because because the big companies just wouldn't stop their promotional campaigns, which sucked. Um, but right now we're starting to go back up and my prefecture, Miyazaki prefecture just got the green light. So uh, the daily announcements telling you to wash your hands and wear a mask have stopped. They still want you to wash your hands and wear a mask, but they're they're not right. yelling at us anymore. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I think we're close to a similar point. Yeah, yeah. It's just hard to get a handle on. Um, mm -hmm. What do you? Oh, it was frozen. Right. Yeah. He just went back to school uh, at the beginning of the week after he's been off for two months since they shut it down. So. It's crazy, but either way, Bitsy, stay safe out there. Um, yes. I hope you and yes. your bean uh, stay <laughs> safe and healthy as me and my bean are going to try to do over here. Uh, but kids, go to the Kickstarter and check that out. This is Miss Bitsy Tandem. Bitsy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. Nice meeting you both. <laughs> Absolutely. Kids, that is all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. That good ace. Got a little dance for us. Do a little shuffle. <laughs>